All right, good evening, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. So we had a restart here, uh, in case you were watching a minute ago. But uh, uh, we're doing the new you and the Holy Spirit by Andrew Womack. My name's Dave Everett. This is my wife, Sherry. And thank you for joining us at Bible study here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Uh, anyway, so we're, we're hoping to finish Chapter 1 today on understanding your salvation. And uh, uh, we are under, we'll be, uh, if you're following in the book, uh, those of you who have it, uh, we'll be on page 13. We'll be under the section heading, uh, Your Spirit Change. Uh, where we'll start. And so uh, we're wrapping up chapter 1, and we're talking about the new you and the Holy Spirit. When we become born again as new believers, we need to understand what changed. We need to understand our salvation. Uh, you know, if we don't understand our salvation, it says in the parable of the sower that the, the enemy can come like a thief and come and steal that seed. Uh, and so uh, we need to understand it. Uh, and so... Um, uh, we need to understand our salvation. We, it's easy to become saved, as we talked about. We just have to believe the gospel and believe it in our hearts. It's not just reciting words. It's not just reciting a prayer, although that might be part of the, the process. We might say a prayer. There's nothing wrong with the prayer. But it's not reciting something. It's about believing in your heart and confessing to him as Lord. And so and it's not just confession. It's confessing what you believe. Uh, if you don't believe it and you're just confessing it, it does no good. Uh, you got to believe it. But it, uh, it, God will also confess it too. Uh, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you really believe, you will speak. And so uh, uh, it will come out. Uh, so uh, anyway, we're understanding our salvation. We're going to talk about your spirit change. That's the title of this section. And we'll probably finish chapter one today and go into chapter two. So uh, based on what I think we have here. So. Sherry will narrate for us, and then we'll talk about it. So, okay. All right, your spirit changed. Some people don't understand the spiritual nature of the radical change that occurred when they committed their lives to Christ. For example, many individuals receive Jesus in jail because they're desperate for a change. Waking up the next morning, they find themselves in the same cell, wearing the same clothes, eating the same food. They don't feel any different and their circumstances certainly haven't changed. Discouraged by this lack of immediate outward transformation, they incorrectly conclude that nothing really happened at salvation. Because of this, many never go on to renew their minds and enjoy the benefits of salvation. Your body and soul, your mind, will, and emotions didn't change at salvation the way your spirit did. If you were fat when you were born again, you were fat afterward. If you were bad at math before being saved, you'll stay bad at, bad at math until you increase in learning. Your mind isn't instantly changed. It's your spirit that has been made new. Since you can't see or touch your spirit, God's word is the only way you can know what has happened within. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. Faith is simply trusting what the word says happened in your spirit more than what you see in the natural. Okay. I guess we'll stop right there for a moment. I think they realize the next, next page was a different section heading. So, you know, basically what we're talking about, we're talking about spirit, soul, and body. Now, we do this in a very more lengthy study. It actually is a book itself, uh, just on the spirit, soul, and body. We're made spirit, soul, and body. 
and most people understand the body. That usually we don't have to define that. But a lot of times where we get confused or, or we don't have understanding, there's a difference between the spirit and the soul. And, uh, you know, the way I like to describe it is the soul. The soul is your mind, will, and emotions. You know, I can touch your body. I can make you feel good, a nice little uh, foot or back massage. I can, I can hurt you. I can throw a rock at you, scratch you, whatever the case may be. So we can understand the body very well. But the soul is mind, will, and emotions. I can say something that makes you feel good, makes your day, uh, just makes you feel edified. Or I can say something mean that hurts your feelings. I can touch your soul. And a lot of times I've, as pastoring, and not just as pastors, but as just trying to minister to other people, including myself, I understand that most, almost, almost, we're not talking about healing tonight, per se, but at the same point in time, even though healing is part of our salvation, a lot of times when it comes to healing, uh, a lot of people, almost every sickness comes from worry, stress, uh, or something of the nature, strife of that nature. Um, the Bible says when there's strife, there's every evil work. So when, there, when, there's, when we strive for things, when we, there's strife in our lives, when there's stress, anxiety, uh, that, that can bring about uh, a, lot of, a lot of sicknesses. It's not everything. Sickness stems to some type of stress or worry. But at the same point in time, I notice that a lot of times when people are worried about stuff, when they get healed, we've seen people get healed from cancer, different things. But you don't deal with the stress. You don't deal with the peace of mind. You don't deal with the peace of heart. That, a lot of times that sickness comes right back. Uh, and, or it comes back in another form or another illness. Um, so so the, uh, and the Bible talks about 3 John verse 2. He says, I pray that you would, be in, uh, you would prosper and, and as, as your soul prospers. And, and it would prosper and be in good health as your soul prospered. That's what it says in 3 John verse 2. So the soul is an inner me. It's, it's our, it's, it can be also described as our personality many times, our, inner, our mind, will, and emotions. But our spirit, we can't touch our spirit. We can't see our spirit. Uh, we can't uh, interact with our spirit and, and that, and we, like we can our soul. Well, we know a lot of times people will go to a doctor for physical things and they might go to uh, get some type of counseling or psycho. Uh, uh, I can't even say the word. Help. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, they'll go get some counseling uh, for emotional, soulish type stuff. But, uh, but, and then for the spirit side, I guess you can just say you also go see a pastor counseling in that regard too. But before we were born again, our spirit was dead. Yeah, our soul wasn't dead, and our our, our 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 body wasn't dead, but our spirit was dead, and 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 it was it was alienated from the life of God. And so when God, God told Adam, "When you partake of this tree, you will surely die," that's what happened. He didn't he didn't die physically. He lived another nine hundred and thirty years. I mean, he lived nine times as long as most of us would live. Um, but at the same point in time. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought real quick. But, you know, we're talking about spirit's own body. We can't touch our spirit. But when we became born again, uh, our spirit that was dead became alive. It became, it became that was, that's what became born again. When you became born again, when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your spirit changed. Your body didn't change, and your soul didn't change. Like Andrew says, if you were fat before you got saved, you'll be fat after you got saved until you lose some weight. If you were skinny before you got saved, you'll be skinny until you put on some meat and put on some weight. 
If you didn't know math before you got saved, you're not going to know math after you got saved unless you learn math. You know, your, 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 uh, your mind, will, and emotions didn't change. Your, your body didn't change. Your spirit is what changed. And again, in the study that we do of spirit, soul, and body, we study how to get what's in your spirit out into your body, out into your mind, will, and emotions. And your, your, the Bible says, and we've already read it last week, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We're transformed. What's transformed? It, transformed is the Greek word metamorpho. And where we get the word metamorphosis. And it's, it's like a caterpillar being transformed to a butterfly or a tadpole to a frog. You know, it's, uh, it's metamorphosis. We, we get transformed. We get transformed from the inside out. We renew our mind. Renew our mind to what? What are we renewing our mind to? We are renewing our mind to who we are in Christ Jesus. Real quickly, let's go to, if you have your Bibles, if not, I'll read it to you. But Ephesians chapter 4. My wife and I were just talking about this passage earlier today. Sorry, just wait for my iPad to catch up with my brain. Uh, so, sometimes it's the other way around. Ephesians chapter 4, we'll pick it up in verse 20. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James. It says, have, uh, yeah. Actually, I want to read it from the King James. Excuse me real quick. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt concerning, uh, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We'll come back to that. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The reason I like going here because we just kind of ex explain spirit, soul, and body, at least spirit and soul, soul a little bit. Now, verse 20 says, but you have not so learned Christ. That, that, that phrase, so learned, and I'm not going to teach this in, in depth uh, here, but this phrase, so learned in the Greek, that phrase is one word in the Greek, and it means to, it means to be permeated. It means to be saturated uh, uh, in the truth. And there's a truth that we're to be so saturated in, so permeated in our minds. And this is the truth, verse 21, that you... That you be taught as the, 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 this truth is in Christ. This truth that we're supposed to be saturated in is in Christ. And I like the King James because at the end of verse 21, there's a colon. The colon tells me that he's going to explain what he just said in the, in the next phrase or the next sentence or the next thought. This truth that's in Christ that we're supposed to be so permeated. <coughs> and it explained in verses 22 to 24. And this truth that's in, that we're supposed to be so permeated in, or so saturated in, so imbued in, is, is that we put off the old man, and in the spirit of our mind put on the new man, who is created according to God in true, true righteousness and holiness. There's a truth, there's a teaching, that we're supposed to be so saturated in, 
so established in. And that is that we put off the old man and we put on the new man. And where do we put off the old man and put on the new man? We do it in our minds. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. We need to stop. What does it mean, put off the old man? It means stop associating with the old man. Now, I still live in this body. I still have my personality and different things. But I stop identifying with Adam. I stop, I stop identifying myself as a sinner. And I start identifying myself with the new man who is, it says, who put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I, need, I, do, I make this transformation. I make this transition in my mind that I'm no longer born of Adam. I'm now born of God. I'm born of Christ. And I make this mental uh, transformation. I make this, I renew our mind, the spirit of my mind. I, I, re, I renew my mind to, I'm, I'm now a child of God. No disrespect for my natural father, but I'm now born of God, spiritually speaking. But this, even though I say spiritually speaking, Spiritually speaking, is more real than natural. This the spirit realm, that where God is, is more real than this natural. God created this flesh, but God is more real. God is spirit, and those who worship Him worship Him in spirit and truth. But God is more real than this natural. This natural is temporary. It was created, and it will one day vanish. We'll have a new body and all that. We're not going to go into all that teaching today. <clears throat> but our, our spirit man that was dead now became alive in Christ Jesus. There's different, different ways of saying the same thing. It's just different analogies. But the Bible says we were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of their son. The Bible says in Romans 6, 11, we need to reckon ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We're no longer in If we receive Christ, if we haven't received Christ, this doesn't apply. But if we have received Christ, we are no we were dead to sin and alive to God. What does that mean, dead to sin? Well, the word sin, you know, I'm not going to teach fully on this, but the word sin is used 47 times in the, in the book of Romans. 47 of those times, I mean, 45 of those times, it's a noun, not a verb. A noun is a person, place, or thing. A verb is an action. But a, a noun describes a person, it describes an object. Where a verb describes an action. That makes sense? Just some basic grammar there. So the the word yes, sin can be I can sin. I can commit a sin, yes. I can murder, I can kill, I can lie, I can cheat. That can be a sin. But when he's talking about sin in the book of Romans, forty five of the forty seven times, he's talking about now. He's talking about Adam. There's two kind of prototypes. There's those who were born of Adam, and there's those who were born of Christ, the second Adam. That's why Jesus had to come of, of, of born of a virgin. The, the seed originates with the male, not the female. The, the female fertilizes. I'm not going to talk the basics of the, 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 the birds and the bees here. But the male carries the seed. Okay? And so Christ couldn't be born of Adam. We're all, we all came from Adam one way or another, physically speaking, naturally speaking. But Jesus had to be born... Yes, it was born of a woman, but a virgin, because it was Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She wasn't conceived by Joseph or a man. She was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The seed came from, from God. 
Uh, and so there's two different Adams. And when we're born again, the Bible says in Peter, 1 Peter 1, 23, we're born again not of corruptible seed, which is Adam, but of incorruptible seed, which is Christ. Uh, incorruptible seed, which is Christ, by the enduring word of God. Anyway, we're, so we're either in Adam or we're in Christ. And when we stand before God, we're not going to be standing before God because we did this sin and that sin. We're going to, be sent, we're going to stand before God and ask, what did you do with Jesus? God only recognized two different kinds of, of, of seed, Adam or Christ. We're born naturally speaking from Adam, but we're born again into Christ. That, hopefully that's making sense. We're either two, one or the other. And if we're still in Adam without Christ, our spirit man is dead. But if we're in Christ, it's alive. Now we can't see that. We can't touch it. We can't feel it. We can't smell it. We can't see it with the five senses. We have five senses. Uh, eyes, ears, uh, speech, uh, feel, and smell. I think I got them all five, okay? Uh, we, can't, we can't use our five senses to, to touch and engage and encounter our spirit. The only way we can know our spirit is by the Word of God. And the Word of God talks about who we are in Christ. We're born again. And we either take that by faith, which some people call sixth sense, but we take that by faith. That's the only way we can do it. We can hear it. The Word of God says we take it by faith that we're a child of God. We're born again. We're everything God says that we are in Christ. The spirit changed. The body did not change. Now we can see change in our body. We can see change in our actions and our behaviors and the way we think. But as we renew our mind to who we are in Christ. That makes sense? So the, the mind becomes the conduit. It becomes the, uh, it kind of becomes a valve. The Bible says that we are naturally minded as death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, so we have to feed, we have to feed the seed. Now we can feed it with the, the knowledge of the world and, and that's all. Some people all they hear all day. <clears throat> some people they go to church on Sunday, maybe midweek like tonight. But but outside of that, they don't spend any time with God or any time in fellowship or any time in the Word or whatnot. Or if it is very little, just a little devotional, which is, I'm not trying to belittle devotionals by calling it a little devotional. But if, it, if you only spend a few minutes versus the whole 24-hour day, that is little. <laughs> okay? And some of us don't even do that. And so... Uh, you know, it, and, and instead of, we'll listen to the news, and I'm not totally against news, but today it's not even news anymore. It's just a bunch of junk. And, uh, I mean, I know some are some are better than others, and I'm not going to get political about this. This is my opinion. It just, it's, anyway, it just, it's, 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 just, it's sickening. It just, uh, uh, anyway, I got to get off that bandwagon. Come back, Dave. <laughs> Come back. And, uh, anyway, it just, uh, you know, uh, but their information, they'll spend hours and hours on Facebook and Twitter and other things and whatnot. And I'm not against it all in and of itself. Well, I use Facebook, but I use Facebook for preaching the gospel. I use Facebook for preaching, and I don't do that all the time, but uh, more so now I'm trying not to get on Facebook for personal use. Uh, I just try to do it for, to, to promote our church and, 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 and the gospel. So I, I will use something of the world in that sense, but... But some people, oh, they'll spend hours and hours with gossip and different things and, and whatnot, but very little relationship with the Word of God. And if that's the, your, if your normal one source of information is worldly and natural means, 
and very little of the Word of God and praying and spending time with the Spirit. What to be naturally minded is not death. To be spiritually minded is, is life and peace. In the parable of the sower in Luke and Mark, I forget which one says which, but Jesus said, take heed what you hear, take heed, or take heed how you hear. What you are listening to is going to matter whether you're going to feed and water that seed or not. This seed is only watered by the Word. If the only information you get all day is other uh, uh, is is the world, and I understand some of us with our jobs, or our family situation, we're limited, but some of us have choices, <laughs> and, and and somewhere we need we need to make sure that this is our dominant source of information, that and prayer and spending time with God and godly relationships. The early church was steadfast in the apostles' doctrine to to. Fellowship to breaking the bread and prayer. That was their normal diet, and they did it daily, every day. And they lived in the Roman culture. The Roman culture was 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 evil. We live in an evil society, and the Roman culture was evil. The gods and, and orgies, all kinds of uh, uh, debauchery all over the place. And yet, yet they met daily. And we're here in the last days, and we're trying to get it on just one or two days a week or, or just a little devotional. We need to read. So this Bible study is not just for new believers, but even us as veterans, if I can even use that term. We need to know who we are. We need to be associated with that because we need to re be reminded who we are. In this world, just from simple living, I mean, just from taking care of the family to feeding ourselves to paying bills and doing things and work and whatnot, you know, we need to be reminded who we are in Christ. We just need a reminder. We're like sheep. We need reminders. We, we're so, we forget who we are. We need to reckon ourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God. But we need to be a reminder. <coughs> we need good fellowship. We need good influence. Just like a seed needs good, a good soil with good environment. If it's weedy, if it's thorny, if it's if it's not doesn't have the nutrient, there's only so many nutrients in the soil. It can't it can't feed those nutrients to the weeds and the good seed at the same time. One of them is going to be dominant. Dominant. You can have a grass with a few weeds here and there, or you can have some yards that's all weed and a little bit of grass. <laughs> you know, one of them, one of them is going to be dominant. And this needs to be dominant in my mind. Even if I have a work environment or a home environment where I'm limited, maybe I live in a country where this is illegal. And I understand those, but something can still be dominant in your mind. You know, Corey Tim Boom, I forget exactly how she said it, so correct me sure if you remember. But she said, you can, you can do all kinds of stuff, but you can't make me hate. And I don't know exactly, exactly how she said She's like, you can't make me hate in my mind. You can treat me, you can torture me, but you can't make me hate. And that's Tori, Cory Tim Boom. She was actually uh, her testimony, and she was one of the, in the concentration camps uh, during World War Two, uh, uh, in Germany. She was uh, uh, anyway, um, but she she you know she's like you can't control my mind. You can control my body. You can beat me. You can torture me. You can try your darnest, but you can't make me hate. And she did that by the power of God. She actually snuck a Bible in. And uh, she, you know, she smuggled a Bible in and she was able to read it. And she read that every day. She couldn't read it all day long because, you know, 
it was it, it would have cost her life probably if she, they found that Bible. But she 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 was able to to spend time in the Word as much as she could uh, could. But in her heart, her mind was the Word of God. You know, even when I worked, I worked retail for years. I can be the Word of God can be in my mind while I'm stocking shelves and doing things. I understand some jobs. You know, your mind needs to be doing accounting or doing whatever your job is doing. I I get that. But your heart, what is your, who who has your heart? The world, yourself, others. Even taking care of family is important, but God has to be number one. So, anyway, you have anything you want to pick it back on? Uh, there's so much to say about salvation, and I know we're barely finishing up chapter one in this book. But salvation is, as Dave likes to say, is so much more than just getting a ticket to heaven. You know, salvation is you know, a way of life, a relationship with God, something that is more precious than than gold and it's not hey i believe in jesus good I, i'm i'm done but how, how can you get through life without help and it's not i mean yeah dave helped me helped me he's my husband of course that that kind of help but if i'm frustrated if i'm sad if i'm depressed if i'm hurt if i'm sick if I'm, I mean, the list goes on about each one of us, what we have, what we're struggling with in life. It, it could be uh, family dynamics that are bad, uh, needing a job. There's so much for, more, but salvation, that, that relationship with God helps you with everything. He, he, God gives you wisdom. You have a relationship with God, and the best kind of wisdom is you know, asking the Heavenly Father to, to help you through something. Say you're getting persecuted or attacked or, or whatever. You know, He'll help you uh, just be able to navigate life. And I, I wish I had the words to explain what all salvation is. But it's a lifelong, I can't, I can't say process, that's a wrong word, but... Salvation is more than just, hey, I received Jesus. You want joy in your life? Get that relationship with God going. You want peace, wisdom, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit, let alone all the rest of the things that God has uh, for you. You know, Ephesians 1, I wish I could teach on the whole chapter, and I know we don't have, uh, we don't, we're up already halfway through, our time tonight this is blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love and I am trying really hard not to keep going because this chapter is one of my favorites but how are we to be holy and without blame if we don't have that relationship with with God, if we don't renew our minds daily? I know how I am when I'm not in the Word, when I'm not walking in the Spirit, and it's not a pretty sight. But He's given us everything. Uh, where is it? Second Peter? First Peter. Second Peter, I think it is, that 
he says he's given us everything for, for life and godliness. How, do, how can we figure that out if we're not in the word, if we're not renewing our mind, if we're not getting good teaching, if we're not walking out our salvation? It, it's Salvation is, is such a big thing, and I don't think we fully understand it. it again, it's not... Okay, I'm, I'm, you know, ticket to heaven, my get out of jail free card. It's just so much more than that. You know, it, um, it, I forget where the verse is, but it says eternal life is relationship with God. John, right? John 17, 3. Thank you. <laughs> but, but there's just, there's just so much more. You know, I, I was young when I received the Lord, but I, didn't fully understand what that meant but having the relationship with the lord and learning about him and getting to know him and getting in the word has changed my life completely i'll even use the word drastically because it was it has been a drastic change in how i navigate life and um just the peace alone is is worth it all but um Man, I just I just want to go off on Ephesians one, and I, I want to get back to the the study. But everything that Andrew's trying to communicate, Dave and I are trying to communicate, is th there is a brand new you when you receive the 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 Lord when you when you come to Jesus Christ. Your spirit is a brand new spirit. Everything that Jesus has uh, the mind of Christ is in your spirit and renewing your mind like Dave was talking about helps get that out of you so that you can walk out your salvation and man I, I, I feel like I'm not explaining it what I how I want to but it, it's so it's just so much more you know, again, you know, everything that we, uh, a seed need, a tree needs, an apple tree, for example, is in the seed. I keep saying this over and over again. Well, you have to water that seed. You have to plant that seed so we can, it can spring up. There's a verse in uh, Isaiah 12, 3 that's been on my mind the last few weeks. But therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Salvation, such, salvation is not just a one-time thing. We walk out our salvation. We walk it out. We live it out. And there's a well. There's a well in the salvation. You know, a, a, a tree can't grow. A, a branch on a tree, the fruit on the vine can't grow if it's not separate, It's not connected with the vine. And Sherry was making some comments. I forget exactly which we, how she said it. But we can't do this if we're not connected with God. And uh, we're not going to understand who we are. And we're not going to be reminded who we are. We're not going to be able to renew our mind to who we are if we don't have a relationship with God. Because there's so much information coming through this world every day. Through the media, through different things. And if we're not renewing our mind constantly, even if we do, we won't. even if I renew my mind today, if I don't keep renewing my mind every day, tomorrow's information is going to clog it up. It's just going to clog it up. And over time, you'll forget it. You know... There's a lot of stuff I learned in high school I don't know anymore. Algebra, I don't use it. Biology, 
And there's some things in some other classes I don't even know their names anymore. You know, I just, not that, it, you know, I'm not trying to belittle some of the academics, but I don't use it. If you don't use it, you lose it. I would have to relearn algebra all over again. <laughs> I would have to relearn uh, trigonometry and some of these other things all over again. Uh, some The basics of math, I know that because I use it. Even then, I like using a calculator, uh, you know, uh, whatnot. But uh, it just, uh, uh, but you know, if we don't are not renewing our mind to who we are, we'll lose it, you know, and uh, we'll just lose it. We will stop identifying with it. But so this is a lifestyle, uh, and, and just like a once, you know, once a tree, you know, if I did some trimming out of the bushes out front or any plant, once that branch is cut off, it it will die. Why? Because it's not connected anymore. And, and so we're not, you know, we, we need to be renewed in our minds. And we, so much more we can elaborate on this. Let's go ahead and read this last section. And I'm sure if we have more thoughts, we can tie those in. And, and a good thing, if, if you are still a little confused, something that might help is Andrew, the author of this book, Andrew Womack, actually explains spirit, soul, and body in some animated videos of him teaching but someone actually animated it so you have the visual along with the teaching and it explains spirit, soul, and body really well. Um, I know you can find it on YouTube. Actually, they're on our website. If you go to resources under core teachings, halfway down, you'll find all three animated videos. So, and they're not very long. They're, they're very short, so, but they're powerful. So, renewing our mind. No, no, no. Wait. Uh, no. Trust oh, the trust truth. the truth. Sorry, I'm still stuck on renewing my mind. Trusting the truth. When I accepted the Lord as an, Lord as an eight-year-old, all I experienced was an inward knowing. A nagging fear of hell left, but other than that, nothing felt different to me. There were no bells, no whistles, no fireworks. I had to believe God's word when it said my salvation was true. As I renewed my mind, I increasingly partook of his divine nature and enjoyed living in his promises. Feelings change, but the truth doesn't. If you genuinely committed your life to the Lord, the truth is he will always honor that commitment. He'll never deny, leave, or forsake you. Matthew 10:32 and Hebrews 13:5. Your relationship with God is secure. Whether you felt anything or not, radical change took place in your spirit, and you're now a brand new person. Trust that God's word to you is true. You'll experience your salvation more as you renew your mind. When, when you think according to the flesh, for example, what your five senses tell you, and give in to negative external influences, you won't be able to enjoy God's benefits. However, as you trust the truth of God's word by keeping your mind on the Lord and thinking in line with your born-again spirit, you'll experience God's love, peace, joy, etc. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The choice is yours. Begin renewing your mind today. Right. A lot of this to me is just a, you know, a piggyback on everything we've always said. You know, We can't trust our feelings, but we can trust the word. You know, sometimes, a lot of times when we get born again, some of us are really excited. Praise God for that. But those feelings may not be there every day. 
you might not feel that excitement every morning when you get up or after the end of your long working day or whatever, or some other circumstance you're going through. Sometimes I just don't feel like reading the word or whatnot. My feelings change. My appetites change. My taste buds change. Different things change. But the truth will never change. God will always honor his word. But we have to renew our mind to the truth. And we have to keep renewing our mind to that truth. And uh, we just got to keep polishing that up. And we can't base our salvation on whether we feel saved or don't feel saved. We base our salvation based on God's word. If you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, in your heart, you are born again. If uh, you might not feel it, but you might not be able to see it, you might not be able to touch it or smell it. But if you are, the Word of God says you are. And you need to believe that. You need to have that assurance. And you can't have that assurance based on feelings. You can't have that assurance based on anything unnatural. You can only have that assurance on, by faith in what God has said. Now, as you renew your mind to that, you begin to live it. And as you begin to live it, you may, on a more normal basis, feel saved uh, because you are living it uh, and whatnot. And so you're not going to, if you're not with joy, you draw from the wells of salvation. Well, you might not always feel joy, but love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness is not a feeling. They're the fruit of the Spirit. If they're the fruit of the Spirit, they don't originate with you, you're not the source. Happiness and joy are two different things. You can be have joy and peace when you're going through the trial of your life. Uh, you know, and I'm not. You, know, you might not enjoy what you're going through, but you can still have joy—the joy of the Lord. And uh, you know, like I got Corey to Boom. He's like, you can do all you want to me, but you can't take love from me because he realized love is the fruit of the spirit. Now. What are we abiding in? If in the moment I'm not abiding in God, I'm abiding in my flesh. I'm like, there's times where even as a Christian, even as a pastor, believe it or not, there's times I let my flesh get a, get, 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 a, get a hold of me and I decide to be in a bad mood for the day or whatever the case may be or grumpy or whatever the case may be or, or maybe not depressed or discouraged. I just hold that weight around me all day, all week or whatever the case may be. I can choose. I have a choice. I don't have to be joyful. I don't have. I don't have to draw from the wells of salvation. I don't have to. And and usually my mind or someone else or a combination thereof that's causing my mind to to think. You know what? You're grumpy today. You need to be upset at this person or whatever the case may be. And I can hold out that bitterness or whatever the case all around me all day. All, all you know the rest of my days if I, if I if I choose to, or I can choose to. Draw on the Word of God, draw on the Spirit of God, and, and take away that pain, that anger, that uh, discontentment, whatever the case may be, and allow His the love, joy, peace, good, allow His Spirit. Maybe there's a certain person, they rub me wrong. And, uh, there's one uh, one of our pa uh, teachers, uh, Karis, uh, Greg Moore used to call them sandpaper people. I mean, we all have those people who just rub us wrong. Uh, you know, they just... Whether it's their personality or whatever the case may be, they just, just we just seem to grind every time we come in contact. And you might not feel, uh, you know, some of the other aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is goodness and kindness, gentleness. Sometimes there's some people in some situations we don't feel like being kind. We don't feel like being gentle or good to them. But if you're if you're drawing from your you as a source, 
Yeah, you probably won't. But the fruit of the Spirit is goodness and kindness and gentleness. And by the Spirit of God. You know, we, we quote that verse all the time. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Well, the Spirit of the Lord that's upon us is loving, is patient, is kind, is joyful, is good. But in the flesh, we don't always feel like being that. Because that's the flesh. And to be naturally minded, the flesh, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know, and, and uh, we, need, we need to abide in Him. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is a byproduct of the root. And so we need to be plugged. And Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. I think we even read about that tonight. But I just, the spirit and life. And we, we either trust this word or we don't. You know, my, the word of God will never change. My circumstance can change. My attitude can change. Some attitudes are they're, they're, they're stubborn as a mule. But it can still change. If we allow it to, by the word of God, by the spirit of God. And, but we, you know, it's going to be harder to change. It's going to be easier for my heart to become callous to not changing. If I'm not spending any time with God and with good teaching and good fellowship. You know, if you're hanging around a bunch of gossipers all the time, negative and negative people all the time, and you're never hanging around good people, then your heart may become callous. There's some people, there's some Christians, there's a lot of Christians out there who are very bitter. They're bitter at the world, bitter at society. And I don't like society how it is, but we're not going to reach them with our bitterness. We're going to reach them with the love of God. It's by His goodness that will lead them to repentance. You know, the more we're nagging at the world, they're not going to, you know, no one's going to respond to a nag. Uh, the, the book of Proverbs talks about that. <laughs> you know, the, uh, uh, it attributes to a nagging wife, but anyone can be a nag. You know, but we, we do it by loving them. We not, and we're not loving their behavior. We might hate their behavior, but we love them. You know, and uh, uh, God loves the ones who are despised, those who are debased, those who have been ostracized. God loves those, and he receives them into his family. Jesus hung out with the publicans and sinners. I know he didn't condone their sins and their behaviors. He loved them, though. And they, they, they found it. They wanted to be around him. They didn't have to be around him. He didn't arrest them. He didn't kidnap them. He didn't make them sit and listen. They had a free will. But the publicans and sinners wanted to listen to Jesus. They were intrigued by his teaching and by his love. And by his acceptance of them. There's some people I, I, just, I know it's hard to, accept, to to connect with them. Because they just rub me wrong. But by the spirit of God I can. He can give me a love. You know, one thing I love about Jesus' life. He had compassion on the people. When he fed, fed the multitudes. He had compassion on them. And some of us need that compassion. But where do we get it? We get it by abiding in Him. We get it by knowing who we are in Christ. When we renew our mind to who we are in Christ, and we, it's going to be hard to renew your mind to who you are in Christ if this is not a regular diet. If good teaching is not a regular diet. If good fellowship is not a regular diet. But your normal course meal, your normal diet is the, the, the bread of sorrows, the, the, the news. If all you do is listen to news all day, it can be hard for you to be compassionate towards people. 
Because the news is not compassion. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so, it, I mean, even if you do listen to the news, maybe you're different than me. But if that's all you listen, if that's your dominant diet every day, or maybe it's something else. I'm just using that example. You know, maybe it's sports. Right now, there's a World Series going on, you know, and different things. If there's sports, if you're into sports, and I'm not so much into sports for multiple reasons. I already wasn't in sports because I don't have time for sports, and now sports has become so political, I don't even like sports anymore. Uh, I just don't like it, you know. They're not going to respect our country. I don't, I don't have any respect for them uh, or, or, that, or that event uh, anymore. But anyway, again, i got to get off politics. It's just, you know, if, but if, you're, if all you are is doing other things, all you are is playing Candy Crush or whatever the case may be on, uh, on Facebook, and I don't have a problem, I play it myself. But at the same point in time, if that's your normal one, if that's your dominant diet, it's going to be hard for you to renew your mind. Because you need to renew your mind constantly. In a sense, you are renewing your mind every time you, whatever you listen to. The books that you read, the newspaper, the media that you listen to, on a regular basis, you are actually renewing your mind to all that information all day long. You're just renewing it to a different source. You're just renewing it to a different different uh, train of thought. You know, it's one thing to listen to news. It's one thing to watch sports. It's one thing to to live life and do things. And some of our jobs demand that we are the stocks and different things and, and whatnot. It demands a lot of our time. I understand that. But again, in our heart, we even then we have to work even harder in one sense to make sure that this is our dominant thing, thinker, that this is our dominant influence. Something is influencing you, whether it's your own mind or other people or, or society that you are connected with. But something is in, Something's renewing your mind. Something is 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 feeding this. You know, uh, this is like a garden. Something is feeding it. Whether it's the bread of sorrows or this world or gossip or or bitterness or whatnot, or it's the word of God. Now, I understand we need to know some information. We got to do some jobs and whatnot. But we have to make sure that this is dominant, that God is dominant. And having good, you know, that's where, why fellowship can be good. Because if you're thinking wrong, if you're thinking wrong, it will come out in conversation. And if you're around good fellowship that love you, and that they have the mind of Christ, and as you start saying things that are just off, even off a little bit, if they love you enough, they'll tell you, you know what, that doesn't sound so good. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't agree with that. That's not right. Or they can affirm you, you know, that, amen, that's good. That's a good way of thinking. We need that affirmation. We all do. Even as pastors, uh, there's a group of us that we get together. We need, to, we need to admonish one another, you know. That's how we get into air if we don't have good admonishment. We need that. We need good, I mean, even in, in school systems, we need that. No, that's not how you do out the right, you know. We have things, we have tests and quizzes, and we have things social. I mean, if you don't know how to get along with people, you're not going to have very many friends. That, that's going to be the test in, in, in relationships and different things. But sometimes, you know, and there's different parameters for all of that. Sometimes people don't like you because you stand up for truth. There's some people who are rejected because they, they do trust the Word of God. They do stand for righteousness. They do stand for good stuff, and they don't like it, you know. I mean, uh, of all the teachings that we've had in this church, the one that we get ridiculed really the most on is uh, loving one another. 
and different things. Whenever we talk about loving one another, we've had more people uh, send us hate mail and different things because of stuff like that, which is boggles my mind. Uh, but at the same point in time, you know, uh, so, but that's different. That's persecution because you're speaking the truth. Uh, I'm, but I'm talking about when you don't get friends because no one wants to be around you because they don't, you don't treat them well or you don't treat them with respect. And even, you know, there can, there's a positive way to have a good argument. I mean, even our court systems, the way they're supposed to run is both sides are having their arguments. But there's a judge that's making sure that it's being done constructively. It's that argument is being able handled in a system where they can find out the truth. And, uh, and so, but there's an argument, and there's a there, there's a constructive way to object someone's uh, how, how another lawyer is is handling the the witness and whatnot. So there's a, there's a way to a right and wrong way to have a constructive argument, and some some arguments can be very very good if it's done constructively. And I'm getting off base here, but uh, but just uh, uh but but we need to have a good diet of God's word. So that we can know, because the title of the section was Trust the Truth. Well, you can't trust the truth if you don't have to know the truth. And some people, just like Pilate, are wondering, what's truth? Well, I read from Ephesians just a minute ago that we are to be so permeated in the truth. It's not any truth, but it's trust the truth. There's a definite article, the truth. What's the truth? Christ. And the truth that we need to trust is that we put off the old man and put on the new man in the spirit of our mind. We need to trust the truth. The Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, the truth can't set you free if you don't know it. you got to know it for it, to set, for it to have the power to set you free. You know, uh, so a lot of appliances, the phone and different things, unless they're charged and they're plugged in, they don't work. we got to know the truth and the truth will set us free. It's not, it doesn't happen through osmosis. It doesn't just happen by itself. We need to know the truth. The truth is powerful, but we got to know it. And it has the power to set us free. But we have to know it. We have to understand it. Got something? Uh, again, I, I want to go off on, on so many tangents uh, because what's being shared, but just trusting the truth. You know, that this whole study that we're doing, and we're just barely finished chapter one, but it's, it's all about the new you when you receive the Lord at salvation and the Holy Spirit and his role in your life. And when we renew our mind, you know, it's, it's getting in God's word and learning who he is, who you are in him, and, and what this salvation is all about. And recently, uh, this week, I've been listening to a message uh, by Daniel Amstis uh, at Karis Bible College. And it was a it was a good message, but one thing that he said that that I that I can uh, take over to to share for this Bible study is he said the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit will bring you to the Word of God, but the the, the enemy and everything else will take you away from the Word. You know, Dave uh, has been sharing about the seed. And the different types of soil but if the seed just lays on the the ground not only does the enemy still kill and destroy but he'll snatch that seed away so it can't get planted in that ground uh, so that you can have that victorious life 
but the Holy Spirit draws you to the Word of God, that renewing your mind that will transform uh, you into into victory. And um, you know this this whole renewing your mind is a choice. You know, as much as I would love to say, oh, it just happens naturally, and you just you know, like the Pied Piper, you hear the 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 flute playing in you and you follow it and you're and you dive in in the word every day it's not that simple you have to definitely make a choice to get in the word to get the good fellowship the good teaching that that uh, Dave said because there's so many distractions in this world so much stuff going on um, just life happens um, but you will never be the same if you get in the Word of God. If you have that relationship with, with God, um, you'll just explode, if I can use that word, uh, into all that God has for you. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we, we just finished chapter one. We, it took us four weeks, but we got there. Okay. It's a renewing of the mind, all of us, and to I think that the main, how I would uh, describe renewing your mind is definitely being in the Word of God. There are definitely things that, that help, um, like good teaching, good fellowship. And you do want to guard your heart and your mind from negative influences. Um, but the, I think the main key is being in the Word of God. Yeah, I think I think there's four things that can help. Uh, maybe probably maybe three: Word of God, good teaching, good sometimes, and good fellowship. We need to have good teaching. We need we all need a pastor. I need a pastor. We all and sometimes there can be a small group of pastors. I don't think it needs to be a big group of pastors. There's some people that go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. They have too many teachers in, in their diet. That be that, that, that their diet is too complex and. And not that, not that all those teachers are not good. It's just, there's really too many different voices. I, I think it's, it can be helpful to have a, a school, for, but we need to pa have a pastor. We need to have uh, a place where we get most of our, our diet from. But we also need, uh, we can't just have all teaching and not be in the Word of God ourselves. We need to have the Word of God ourselves. The, the third thing is we need good fellowship, uh, godly fellowship. Uh, the early church needed that, and we need to admonish one another, encourage one another. We're not we're not looked we're not called to be lawn rangers. Uh, we are the body of Christ, and we need to be fellowship. We need to be in harmony with each other. We can't be all fellowship and no 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 uh, church, no pastoring. It can't be all pastoring and no fellowship, uh, and, and, and same thing with our own our own uh, time in the Word. But uh, the the fourth one would be uh, which kind of goes would be in the Word is prayer. And prayer in the simplest form is actually a relationship with God. Yes, prayer means petitioning, making requests, making men with God. But that's not that's only one aspect of prayer. Prayer also means God can speak to me. It's not a monologue where I do my prayers and that's it. 
God can speak to me. It's a relationship. Adam walked with God. We can, you know, one of the things I love about the Old Testament, God talked to so-and-so and so-and-so talked to God. And I think we need to have a relationship with God. His written word is the primary way, but that's not the only, if all we do is, is read the word, but we don't spend time with God uh, in a relationship. If all we do, I mean, uh, if all we do is go on dates, but we never just hang out, you know, I, want, I like dates, but I love, also like just live, doing life together, working on a project. We, sometimes we'll do that, especially Saturdays. We'll, we might work on a project. Sometimes it's a big project, sometimes it's just a little project. But we like working on projects together, you know, and just something to do together, um, and just living life together. Uh, and so, so I think there's four things. I mean, in, in, you know, it's, I always come back to it's a relationship. You know, any relationship, you're going to get out of the relationship when you put into it. And a relationship can't be just one-sided or it's not a relationship. Uh, there's got to be two sides. God's going to do his part, but he can't do it if we won't participate. Um, and so, uh, going back to renewing the mind, as you spend, you know, uh, you know, I'm just trying to paint another picture. When I met Sherry, uh, this, I was still uh, in my 20s, but, uh, you know, I met her and we finally got married. It took a little while for we enjoyed it, but it took a little while for us to renew our mind. We're not single anymore. We're married. You know, we're together. We we make all of our decisions. We plan our day together and whatnot. There was a little bit of uh, preparation that while we were dating, but then it went to another level when we actually started living together. You know, and I don't think we had a major curve for us. Some people it was harder than others, but even the, even as easy as it was for us, it was still a learning curve. There was still an adjustment. There was still a renewing of the mind. I'm not single anymore. I can't make decisions just on me alone. Not that we don't have some independence to a certain degree. You know, if she wants to do something, she can do it. If I want to, I can. But we still make, we, we, we respect each other. We, we do things together. And, and, uh, and so we had, to, we still had to, there was some renewing. There was some, we're, and when it comes to spiritually speaking, we're renewing our mind. We're no longer just a sinner. We're, not, we're no longer not saved. We are now saved. We're now born again. We have to renew our mind of that. Because, you know, throughout the day, even though I know that now, and I know that, and I've known that for years, for, uh, I was saved when I was in first grade in, 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 in a science school class. I've been saved for many years. But I have to, re sometimes as I go throughout my day from working to brushing my teeth to eating and just sometimes going out and running errands and doing things, in the moment, I'm not thinking I'm a born-again Christian. I'm just doing life. But it's nice to, to be renewed. In, in, cause if, and, and if I, it's easy, especially at work and in life, life gets busy Monday through Friday sometimes. And uh, if we don't renew, and I'm lucky I move, work at home, but some people don't work at home. Some people have to go to a job, and, 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 and they're consumed with that business, or that job, that occupation, that trade. And by the time they come home, you know, they got the, they're thinking like the world, they're, you know, if they, I, I just use a joke. if they work at McDonald's, they, they think McDonald's, they look at McDonald's, they smell like McDonald's, they are McDonald's, you know, and so, and so they're not thinking like the word of God, they're not thinking like a Christian, they're thinking like a burger, they're thinking like a McDonald's, you know, that's what they're thinking, they got to renew their mind, and then when they get off work, I'm not at work anymore. There's times where I, I used to work at In-N-Out for 10 years. And there's times I'm still flipping burgers in my dreams. You know, not every night, but I'm still working the job. I'm still working, uh, pulling the fries and doing the different things that I used to do in my job. So sometimes I'm still redoing that job. 
But I'm just doing that. I'm trying to paint a picture, but how do we renew our mind? Well, we need to just be reminded who we are, who we are in Christ. Because there's other people who are telling us otherwise. The devil is getting on our case all the time. Uh, we're speaking to our minds. Other people are speaking to us. The world's speaking to us. And if we don't are not, if we are not purposeful in spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer, spending time in church with a pastor, spending time uh, in church with other believers, uh, then then it's going to be harder for me to renew my mind. If let, let, let's let's flip the coin. Let's say I stop going to church. I stop reading my Bible. I stop praying. I stop uh, fellowshipping with other people. I don't do that anymore. Instead, I go hang out with the world, whatever they do, go to a bar, whatever they, you know, to start hanging out with the world. I will, everything I know, everything I've memorized over time, I'll lose it. Because I have now renewed my mind to act like someone else. I renew my mind to behave and associate like someone else. I'm no longer associating with as a Christian. I'm no longer, re instead I'm renewing my mind every day at that bar or, or at that hub or, or whatever the case, wherever I'm, I'm felt, you know, whatever I'm doing. Or I'm fellowship, all I do is sit under the TV and, and, and that's all I do every day. And so all, I mean, that's not, we watch usually a movie every night, uh, but, but, uh, and that's too much. But at the same point in time, but as I said, even though then throughout the day we are in the Word of God, and so and so we are renewing. But if that's all we did, well, all we're doing is is renewing our mind to our favorite show, or our favorite TV. But we're never in the Word of God. We need to constantly be renewing our mind to who we are, and what and when we know who we are, we can act like who we are instead of acting like the world, instead of acting like we usually do. Uh, so renewing our mind to me is a is a process. But it's not just, it's never a one-time thing. Because just because I do it today, i got to do it tomorrow too. Uh, it, you will spend the rest of your life renewing your mind. Now there's a starting place. You know, sometimes it's harder to get started with something than it is to maintain it. You know, a lot of times when, uh, we, or we, when we clean the house, uh, we, we pretty much keep a tidy house. But we have to maintain it every day. We even have a checklist on the fridge. Tidy the bedroom, tidy the kitchen, tidy the living room. Uh, every day. Uh, sometimes when we don't tidy it, then we have to do a cleanup project uh, and get it all cleaned up again. That usually happens in our bedroom or the kitchen sometimes because uh, we just all day things begin to pile up and we don't take the time to rinse the dishes, put them in the sink and, and clean, clean up at ourselves and it piles up and we got to make it a project to clean all the dishes or the bedroom or, or do the laundry or whatever the case may be. But so, you know, uh, if we, uh, I forget my train of thought. But renewing our mind is a life, it's a daily process. At the beginning, it can be hard when we have never learned to renew our mind. When we haven't gone to church on a regular basis, when we don't, are not in the Word of God on a regular basis, it can be a learning curve at the beginning. It, it, you know, it takes a while to start a new habit. But it be, the whole idea is that this becomes a lifestyle. And as we have a, as we have a lifestyle, that we will be renewing our mind all the time without... Necessarily being purposeful and renewing our mind, if that makes sense. Uh, um, but again, renewing your mind is such a, a, a big thing. And we, and we, I'm not going to tell someone, don't hang out, hang out with your friends or your family because they're bad influences. Because you might, God might be speaking to you to be the light to them. 
But when we when we are having a relationship with God, His Holy Spirit will lead us into, hey, you know what? This is being a bad influence in your life. I, I think you need to, to stop doing it or pull back from it. Um, Je Jesus, Dave always likes to say, Jesus hung out with the publicans and sinners. But Jesus, every day, spent time with the Father. He, he might have been, I mean, he, he's definitely my hero in more ways than one. But he might have had really long days ministering to people and healing them. But every night, even if he was up all night, he spent time with the Father. And just got refreshed and renewed with the Father. Uh, had that relationship with him. And he, he always said that whatever the, the Father does or says, that's what I do. That's what I say. But the, the only way Jesus was able to do that was because he renewed his mind by being in that relationship with the Father. And he made it a point every day to do that. Right, right. And, uh, well, it makes sense. I didn't, the question's right. The question's good because that's probably the, one of the most important questions or the answer is how do we renew our mind? Because... Really, the the, the the mind is the is the valve. I'm either gonna either gonna shut off the world and shut on God and turn God on, or I'm gonna turn God off and turn on the world. So the the, the, the mind is a valve. The mind is the gateway. What what's influencing the mind is gonna influence my life. And and, and whether it's gonna be the world or the Word of God. Now I might have have to have some of the world. But which one's going to be dominant? Which one's going to be, where, where am I getting my number one influence? Is it the world? If I get a lot of the world made because of my job or my situation, I need more word. I need this to be dominant. And I have to, even though I'm working, I have to guard my heart that that doesn't become my source of life. This becomes my source of life. And so i got to renew my mind constantly. The world says I'm a... I'm a loser. God says I'm a child of God. No, I'm a child of God. I don't care what the world says. I, I'm a child of God. The world says you're no good. The Bible says you're the apple of my eye. I, I got to renew my mind to who I am in Christ. And I got to do that daily. Um, yes, and, and Dave quoted this earlier, uh, but Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the reason why I wanted to quote it is, if you notice, it says renewing of your mind. It's not a one-time thing, like Dave has already said. It's a constant thing, and we will be transformed by that renewing, by that constant renewing. And to be honest, today I had to do it. Praise God, I have a job where I can listen to the Word or worship music all day long. And uh, I had a, a busy, active day at work, but... I listen to worship music, but then I, I, um, I, I put on, well, I was re-listening to the message uh, I heard from Daniel Amstis, which I've, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to, it's that good. But as, 
I was listening to it, um, I got a phone call that was kind of upsetting. Um, but because I had been renewing my mind in that in that process, the Holy Spirit reminded me of a message of Dave's, and I switched from listening to Daniel to listening to the message of Dave's, and I just kept. As soon as it was over, I'd back it up and listen to it again because that was how I could still do my job and get work done, but still renew my mind. And I was able to get past what had upset me earlier. And I could have very easily be uh, in bitterness. I could have very easily fallen in um, uh, into offense. But because I chose to be in the Word of God, it really helped. Um, and there are days when it's easier for me not to let something upset me so much. But then there are days that even though I am in the Word, it still triggers something. But I just have to get back into renewing my mind Um so it's just a constant thing but when you do it when it's that that's your lifestyle I can't tell you the benefits the health benefits physically and mentally that happen when you do that well I'm gonna finish this off here we can keep talking if you want but I'm gonna finish this off in the video so well, we just thank you for your word uh, we just bless the rest of this week wherever all of us may be, and we just uh, uh, just speak your blessing on everything that concerns us. Lord, we thank you that your beauty establishes the work of our hands for us. Yes, Lord, you establish the work of our hands. And we worship you, we magnify you. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday, 1115, uh, live stream, 1030 here, live. And, uh, and then uh, we have Sunday night Bible study at 6 o'clock.